Hi, you're listening to a sermon from Oak Hills Church in Folsom, California. We're so glad you're listening. If you'd like more information, you can visit us online at oakhills.org or phone us at 916-983-0181. Well, as Manuel mentioned earlier, today we are beginning a new series called Arising. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be considering a number of encounters Jesus had with various people after he had risen from the dead. And in those post-resurrection encounters, he invites the people he encounters, and by extension, he invites us to live in the new reality of his resurrection, to allow his resurrection life and his resurrection power to enliven and to transform us in the specifics and in the details of our lives and inner worlds. So in this series, we're talking about this beautiful concept of renewal, of healing down in the particulars of our soul, of restoration, of bringing things back to the way that God originally intended them to be. And so over these weeks, we're going to be talking about what it looks like to actually live out the resurrection, to be a resurrection people. And today is an introduction to this. Today, we're going to think about some overarching considerations in this adventure of spiritual growth and transformation and resurrection living. So I want to jump right into it. Our scripture reading comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. You should see this in your app. And if you just click on uh, the highlighted print, it should jump to a Bible and you can follow along. It's possible that the verbiage in that Bible is not exactly the same as what I'm using, but it, it should essentially be the same. So this is the Apostle Paul writing uh, to the church in Corinth, and I'll be reading from 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I want to begin with a reminder that is probably worth recalling each and every week as we navigate through this pandemic. And that is simply that God is at work during this strange time. And I think it's important to keep reminding each other that God is at work in our world, God is at work in our nation, and the focus of our series we are beginning today is that God is at work in our lives during these peculiar times, maybe especially in these peculiar times. His Spirit is at work every morning we wake up and face circumstances we have probably never faced before. Our schedules are nothing like we ever would have imagined them to be. Instead of the excitement of the school year about to end, students are spending countless hours a day in online school sessions. Other people are working from home. Undoubtedly, the screen fatigue is off the charts. Parents have suddenly become homeschoolers. And I know for some This is overwhelming all by itself. I was talking with an overwhelmed father of a sixth grader 
the other day, not someone who was part of our church, and he was just, it was, uh, I shouldn't say this, but it was kind of funny to listen to him because he was so overtaken by this process as he's trying to homeschool his son. And he said something to the effect to me of, I don't remember any of this stuff. I was in sixth grade a long time ago. I don't know how these teachers do it every single day. He said, my kid will listen to me for a while and then he'll go off and start horsing around. And then he said this, he said, the next time I see my kid's teacher, I'm going to give them a tip because of what he's learned during these days. It's such a strange time. We're facing uh, unfamiliar pressures, unfamiliar stressors. We're trying to navigate life in this unfamiliar and unsettling format. The routine and the rhythm we've become so accustomed to has been severely disrupted. And in that disruption, as things have shifted so far and so fast, it's entirely possible, maybe even likely, that we're noticing things bubbling up from within us. We may be more attentive to the way we think or what we feel or what is coming out of us, what we're saying, how we're responding, how we're Reacting, Things may be surfacing we may not have known were in there. And there's confusion and there's challenge. And yet I want to remind us, God is at work in all of this. His spirit is moving. His spirit is stirring. And he wants to bring forth good fruit in us through all of this. In fact, I think we can say, based on what scripture teaches us, The different rhythm of these days, or if you prefer, the disruption of the rhythm, of our normal rhythm, might in fact be a wonderful opportunity for spiritual growth and for transformation because it may be churning some things up that have been in there for a long time, but now we're seeing them uh, more clearly. Well, this series is an attempt to consider a few things that the resurrected Jesus might be up to in us in these strange times. Some growth points he might be uh, doing within us. Our scripture reading that uh, I read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is really about inward renewal. It's actually one of the phrases Paul uses that really captures what I'm trying to say today. This idea of being renewed inwardly and then this great phrase, day by day. Paul is in the midst of giving the Corinthian church an explanation of why he does what he does as a minister of the gospel. And his insights provide us with some simple but helpful insights into the possibility of inward transformation. He writes, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Outwardly wasting away. No matter how hard we try, our outward self is on the decline over the course of our lifetime. This is what Paul is referring to here. And yet he says, because we are people who have been rescued by Jesus, our inward self is being renewed. And I love the way he puts this. I love this phrase he tacks on, being renewed day by day. That is right now, in this moment, in the midst of the present circumstances, in the midst of whatever it is that is going on, things are happening in our inner world. 
And in light of Jesus' resurrection, in light of the fact that God brought Jesus back from the dead, I think we can say that what God is up to, generally speaking, at a 30,000-foot level, is bringing things back to life. God is in the business of bringing things back to life. And here we get to this beautiful concept of renewal. God making old things new again. It's what the Spirit of God, generally speaking, is about. So let's talk about this idea of living in a new story. In 2 Corinthians, Paul spells out the demands of his ministry work and the troubles he has faced along the way of fulfilling his calling as a minister of the gospel. But right in the middle of this, up a few verses from what we read, he says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. So think about this. Here's a guy who previously had given his life and energy to persecuting the church and trying to stomp out the the movement Jesus started. But then in Acts 9, he encountered, encountered the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. He was face to face with the resurrected Jesus. And now his passion is to manifest the life of Jesus through his life. So he used to persecute and attempt to stomp out, and now he is seeking to manifest the life of Jesus through his own life. He continues in the, in the scripture reading we read a moment ago. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Think again, at one point, he fought against Jesus and he fought against all who followed him. But now his perspective is that while his body and his mind and his physical faculties are indeed declining with age inwardly, God is doing a daily work of renewal and the weight is the word he uses or the substance of glory being cultivated in him by God's spirit is heavier more significant, more substantial than the momentary burdens he is experiencing. It's an extraordinary claim he is making. One theologian comments about this particular passage. He writes, Paul is not speaking of the believer's future reward, nor is he talking about a recompense forthcoming to the Christian for enduring so much distress. This eternal weight of glory is something that our momentary light troubles are achieving for us now. This takes a while to sink in. Affliction does not give way to glory. Affliction produces glory. Again, it's an incredible thing to think about. In this passage, Paul is not talking about live your life, endure the trouble, gut it out, and one day you'll end up at God's five-star resort we call heaven. He's talking about the glory that Jesus wants to cultivate within us now. So how did this radical change happen in Paul? How did Paul the persecutor become Paul the disciple? Here's how. When he encountered the resurrected Jesus, he began to live in a new narrative, a new story. He began living in a post-resurrection story. Jesus rose from the grave, and this was the beginning of a new world, a new way of living. For Paul, this was the fulfillment of 
what Israel had longed for throughout their existence. For the Apostle Paul, this is what the Old Testament was all about and was pointing to. All of Paul's study of the Old Testament laws and stories in his preparation to become a Pharisee suddenly took on new shape and new meaning when he met the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. All of the promises, Paul knew very well and had memorized many of them that are in the Old Testament about a coming king who would one day rescue Israel. All of those were fulfilled in Jesus. So this was the ultimate game changer for the Apostle Paul. And he was now living in the story of what God had done through this man, Jesus Christ, and what God was continuing to do through him. Through Jesus, God was bringing forth life where there was previously death. God was cultivating a resurrection people, a community of resurrection people where resurrection life was breaking out and was on display. Israel was originally intended to be a community of people who were living in the reality of God as king. And now Jesus is alive and he is the cornerstone of the people God is building for the purpose of reflecting his goodness and his glory and his grace in this world and throughout eternity. And so Jesus' resurrection begins a new era of God bringing dead things back to life, renewing humanity and renewing all of creation, restoring it so that it is the way it was intended to be. And Paul's language reflects this new story he is now living in, outwardly wasting away, but inwardly being renewed. And again, this wonderful phrase, day by day. And I think this has something very meaningful and important to say to us in these strange times. God is at work, and he wants to bring forth life in us. He wants to make things new in us. He wants to renew us inwardly. He wants each of us who trusts him and follows him to become an expression, a manifestation of this resurrection life. He wants each of us to recognize that because of the resurrection, the story we are living in went from this, our life, to this, a grand and glorious narrative of redemption and restoration and renewal for all of creation, and we are part of that big story. But this renewal... And this uh, restoration doesn't just happen. Inward renewal is for those, Paul says in our scripture reading, whose eyes are fixed not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. It is for those who live in the new narrative as resurrection people. It's very tempting to go really fast through this and kind of, yeah, 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 I know that one. But this really wants to sink down into us. What Paul is saying is, for those who are resurrection people, the unseen reality is now reality. The unseen reality is ultimate reality. God is making all all things new, including me and including you. 
And in fact, the major part of what we have some say over is this renewal process within us to participate in this grand story of God making things new, to participate in it is to participate in God bringing forth renewal in me. Because he wants to fashion a people who demonstrate what life is like when Jesus is allowed to be king. And I can't control very much of that, but I do have a hand to play in my own renewal. So let's talk about inward renewal. As we got thinking about this series, we were trying to think of a way of depicting inward renewal. What does it look like? What's involved in it? This idea of transformation, as we sometimes refer to it, or living out the resurrection, or spiritual growth, if you prefer that phrase. And somebody came up with the idea of planting marigolds and tending to them over the next several weeks and kind of watching them and watching them grow. And it seemed like a really good idea. They're a living thing. And that works great since we're in a resurrection-themed series. Marigolds tend to be bright colors, orange, yellow, and so it seems good that bright colors would brighten up these darker days in which we are living. Certainly these bright colors are consistent with the joy and the celebration of this Eastertide season. There's only one problem with this idea of planting a marigold, and here it is. Over my lifetime, every plant, every seed, every flower, these hands have touched results in death, not life. These hands seem to cast a curse on seeds and on plants. And so it is very possible that this extended metaphor that we are going to refer to throughout this series is going to crash and burn big time over the next seven weeks. In preparation for what I'm about to do, I've watched a YouTube video or two on how to plant a marigold. I've asked questions of people to find out how you do this. I've asked Manuel Luce. I've asked Cody Renfro in particular, how do I do this? And just so you don't think I'm completely out there on my own, neither Manuel nor Cody really had a clue as to how to plant a marigold. So we're jumping into this. It's a bit risky. These hands have authored much death with seeds and plants and fruit trees. So I pity this package of marigold seeds but hopefully something good comes from it. So let me go through this. Here's my pot. Here's the dirt. And here are the seeds. So what we're going to do is we're going to put some dirt in this pot. Forget this trowel thing. We're going to grab some dirt. Potting soil, I believe, is the technical term. We're going to put it in here. We're apparently putting some on the table as well. So we'll put this in here. I've been instructed to get to about an inch to the top. Press it down. Now, I'm going to poke a hole in this that's going to be where we put the seeds. Now comes the tricky part. Tiny little seeds in these fat fingers. How is this going to work? 
well, there are clearly more seeds than are needed. So we're going to take, I should probably take about half of them, knowing that about most of them are going to die before tomorrow. But I'll put a few in this hole. I don't know why I find this funny, but it is. Take a little more dirt. Press it down. One of the things is I did some research on this. One of the reasons that you don't plant it too far down is because seeds need oxygen in order to eventually explode, I think is what they do. And that's how the thing starts to grow. We have our little water sprayer. So we're going to give it a little bit of a drink. Make it a little bit muddy in there. And there we go. So you're going to see this pot here for the next seven weeks. And we're going to see what happens. So what I'd like to do is reflect on a few observations about inward renewal based on this little planting exercise. Because there's a direct correlation between our spiritual growth and what just happened and what hopefully will happen with this marigold or these marigolds that just planted. So I'm going to just make some observations about this idea of inward renewal. And one of them is growth doesn't, quote, just happen. Spiritual growth and inward renewal don't just happen any more than marigolds just grow. I mean, if I leave this pot and before I planted it, if I'd have left this packet of seeds, this dirt, this trowel, this water, and that empty pot on this table and done nothing, obviously, there would be no marigold growth. But it's the same in this sense. If I leave this pot right here that's got these seeds in it and this potting soil that's now wet with this water, if I leave this on this table as is, Nothing is going to happen. I mean, if I never come back to this. So growth doesn't just happen. Not flower growth, not emotional growth, not relational growth, not physical growth, and not spiritual growth. It doesn't just happen. Growth happens where there's a combination of effort and energy. A farmer's hard work combined with nature's power produces crops. I had to put forth some effort. I had to open the seeds. I had to put dirt in the pot. I had to dig a little hole. I had to get the seeds into my fat hands and fat fingers and bury the seeds in the dirt and then I had to spray it with water. I had to put some effort into it to create the environment where something could grow, but there's more to it than just that. Like I said, if I leave this sit here until next Sunday and we come back a week from now, I assure you that this thing will have outwardly wasted away. It will be dry and it will be less than what it is intended to be even in this week. And we will actually notice it wasting away. The dirt will be dry and nothing will be coming out of it. It will be visible to us. This marigold needs sunlight. This marigold needs water. This marigold, in other words, needs power in order to grow. And so I'm going to take this thing with me and I'm going to tend to it this week 
which might be the death of it, if not this week, over the next few weeks. But I need to make sure that this gets what it needs to keep growing. I have to take responsibility for that. Inward renewal works exactly the same way. Our effort, combined with the Spirit's power, is what makes growth happen within us. We have to make sure that our inner being gets what it needs to keep growing. It needs to be exposed to Scripture. It needs our own prayers and the prayers of others. It needs conversation with other people. Growth doesn't just happen. If this sits here until next Sunday, it will have moved toward death, not toward life. Second observation, growth is usually a long process, not a quick one. The wise words of a theologian on the growth and renewal process. He writes, the inward person is being renewed day by day. The idea is of a progressive renewal that matches step for step the process of physical decline. The Greek Greek verb for renew means to make new again. Paul appears to have coined the compound to express this developing spiritual reality. The deposit of the spirit within us sets in motion a regenerative overhaul of the self that culminates in complete transformation at Christ's return. Remarkable vision of who you are, who I am, and who Jesus is making us to be, and one day he will finish us. The deposit of the spirit within us sets in motion a regenerative overhaul of the self that culminates in complete transformation at Christ's return. Inward renewal or spiritual growth happens day by day if we do our part. But this is usually, as we know, a long process. There's no light switch theology going on here. There's no on, off. It's off Flick it on, where change happens with the flick of that switch. God could actually do it that way, but he doesn't seem to do it that way very often. Crops take time to grow. Fruit takes time and work and patience to grow. So inward renewal is 99% of the time a longer process and patience is an absolute must. Patience with ourselves and patience with others. Now look at this. I planted these seeds and covered it with dirt and watered it five minutes ago. Why isn't it growing? Why doesn't it look like this? Have I already cursed this with the death of these hands? I mean, nothing's happening. There's a nice, beautiful gold petals. This thing is sprouted up out of the dirt. How come mine's not sprouted up? out of the dirt. You see the point. It it doesn't happen overnight. Let me give you an example. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about this idea of resurrection life and power bringing inward renewal in a particular area in in terms of helping us move from fear, which may be a, a big thing right now, toward peace, cultivating the inner fruit of peace within us, moving from fear to peace. And again, I think this is an important journey for many of us these days, but it's crucial to bear in mind that the process of growth takes time. It's slow and it can feel like nothing is happening. I mean, the lived experience of the Christian faith, as many of us know, is a process of stumbling forward and slowly and gradually learning the way of the kingdom. 
God's life gradually grows in us and our old way of living gradually dies and slowly dies. Another observation, things are happening before it looks like anything is happening. When we look at what I just did here, what we see right now, what we would see if we came, if we looked at it tonight or tomorrow or maybe in a week, is a pot with some wet dirt that will be spending some time in the sun. And it might not appear like anything is happening, but something is definitely happening. And in the most minute way, the process of this becoming that is already underway. So as fear, for example, inches toward peace, there are things happening in the invisible realm, even though it may not look like it in the visible realm. The quiet work of the Holy Spirit in the inner world of those whose eyes are fixed on him. Another observation. It's a messy process. Got dirt all over this table. There's dirt in this bowl. There's dirt on my hands. Spiritual growth, formation, transformation, living out the resurrection, inward renewal is a messy process. Putting forth the work to make something grow means our hands get dirty. It's a messy endeavor and we have to be willing to embrace and deal with the mess if growth has any chance of happening. And then one other observation. The surest way to grow nothing is to try and grow too much. I went over to Home Depot Yesterday, I never went in because the line to get into Home Depot was out the door. If you're familiar with the store, the line started at the door going in, the entrance, and it extended all the way back to the exit door on the other side of the building. People obviously doing lots of home projects, and one of the projects this time of year that people are engaged in is planting trays of flowers, big pots of trees, to brighten up the yard and improve the look, getting all of the components that are needed to plant. We might call it a planting binge. I've had several of them, and it's resulted in nothing. I actually find planting binges overwhelming. I plant flowers. We're going to plant this kind of tree. We're going to do this, and all of it at once I just find overwhelming. It's just too much. And for me, trying to grow too much is a sure way that I'm not going to grow anything at all because I'm going to get frustrated. And I think the same holds when it comes to inward renewal. Trying to grow in too many directions often produces frustration and we just end up quitting and we just give up. So our hope over the next seven weeks is the following, that you would get yourself some marigold seeds and some dirt and a container or a pot in which to plant it all in and you would plant it and you would tend to your plant and you would nurture growth in your marigold plant over the next six or seven weeks to be a kind of visible reminder of what the Spirit of God wants to do in you. And you'll get an email tomorrow with some more details about this. There'll actually be some links in there that you can click on to order marigold seeds yourself and get some of the other supplies. If you're not into the buy stuff online thing, we actually have a team of people who will deliver whatever it is that you need to grow your own marigold in the next six weeks or so. And if you would like that delivered, because you don't want to go out yourself or you're not into the online thing, you just email Lorraine or you can email Ashley Hansen or you can email Stephanie Valadez or you can email anybody from the church 
and we will get somebody to bring you our little supply of these things so you'll have you'll be able to engage in this project. But in addition to tending to your marigold, obviously what we're hoping is that over the next several weeks, we each will tend to our own inner world, our own inner life, and this engage in this idea of inward renewal. And that over the next couple of days, that you would pray and you would discern where the Spirit of God would like to bring inner renewal in you. My strong suggestion is to be very specific and pray specifically. What bit of new life would the Spirit of God like to bring forth in you? And when your mind goes off in seven or eight directions, give yourself permission to ignore six or seven of those directions. And just ask God to show you one, to discern one, and pray and think in that level of specificity. What character quality would God like to cultivate in you in these strange times? What bit of new life might he want to bring forth? Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are thankful to you for the hope of new life. We are thankful that you are the first fruits of new life, that you demonstrated to us that you have power over old things, dead things, outwardly wasting away things. And we recognize that this is a time in the history of our world where the concept of outwardly wasting away is right in front of our eyes. We recognize that temporary things are temporary. Eternal things are eternal. And we confess sometimes that we lock our eyes on that which is temporary and we ask it to fulfill us as if it were eternal. We also believe that for each of us, young and old and every age in between, we are part of this grander narrative where you are making things new, restoring, renewing, healing, bringing back to life, real life, that this universe and all of creation, including us, was designed to live. So we would be so bold to ask that in these coming weeks that you would help us identify where you would like to bring forth new life in us, that we might be participants in your grand story and see the fruit of your growth within us. And so we ask for this. We pray for your wisdom and guidance and discernment in this. And we do all pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.